Right, so pray for me this morning that I'll be able to complete this message today. Uh, let's do this. Right, so I started this two weeks ago uh, as, you know, fighting for, fight for your life. You know, we titled this message, Fight for Your Life. And it was about learning to stand your ground against how the enemy may want to take you out, wants to rob you of the good and the precious things that God has in store for you. Right, and uh, we we began to look at how identifying how what the what the what the battleground looks like, what the fight looks like. You know, the enemy is so subtle in how he, he attacks us. He tries to destroy us, try to steal God's best from us. So if he cannot attack you outrightly, or if he knows that if he attack you outrightly, say for instance in your health. You can stand your ground. You can resist him. Like James chapter 4 verse 7 says, resist the devil and we flee from you. So where instances where the enemy knows that if he brings a battle into your life, that is a conflict. I mean, it brings, it attacks your health. It attacks your marriage. And then you resist him with the word of God. So he has another strategy which has worked for many years. And that is by building strongholds in your life. Building belief systems that are contrary to God's way of living, to God's kingdom, belief systems that are of the devil, of the kingdom of darkness. Even sometimes that the culture and society may accept to be okay, normal, right? So it builds those things in your mind. You know, if it, when the enemy wants to destroy your marriage, if he wants to ensure that you don't experience a peaceful marriage, from childhood, it can start the job by... Telling your mom, if you're a lady, telling, you know, in, in, uh, inspiring your mother to tell you that every man will cheat. Every man will cheat. So from childhood, as a lady, you believe every man will cheat. So you don't even believe God. You can't even believe God for a man who will care for you, who loves you. You know, a man who will protect you. A man that fears God. So you begin to attract the kind of men that are irresponsible, that will actually cheat. Now, that then becomes a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy because what you believe or what you were told was what you expected and what you got. And then you confirm that indeed all men are cheat and all men cheat. I've been married for eight years, going to nine, I'm sorry, well, apologies. I've been married for nine years. My wife just said, ah. <laughs> I've been married for nine years and I have not cheated and I will not cheat for any reason. Now, you may, see, you may sound like this guy, you're just being too confident about yourself, but there's some psychology behind cheating. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more about it, if anyone is struggling in their marriage and you, or you want to learn how to be affair-proof in your marriage, consult me. I will show you the psychology behind cheating. Okay, because it's a Sunday, right? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Sunday, right? So let me just give you a tip of it. So behind most of the instances, the circumstances behind adultery is a sense of wanting to be accepted or to be praised by the opposite sex. And now I'm speaking for, man, for men. So in, in instances where you long to be accepted, to be recognized, to be appreciated, you know, a kind of selfish kind of acceptance. You will struggle not to cheat if you don't cheat. Because the truth is this, you will always find women out there who will lavish you with praises that your spouse sometimes will not lavish on you. And if you live for the approval and the acceptance of people, 
you're going to cheat. So if you look at that situation properly, you realize that there's a stronghold built in the mind of the man to a degree that, you know, what is nice and what is beautiful is on the other side. The grass is greener on the other side. This woman has the things that you don't, that your wife don't have. This woman respects it. It's a lie. So in my intro, I'm trying to show you that when the enemy has a long-term strategy to attack you or destroy your life, it's going to start early enough building strongholds, belief system, thoughts in your life. See, I'm so grateful to God that we have teenagers attending our church services on Sunday because they can learn, they can have the foundation built on, on the truth. So young people in the house today, these things that we have been teaching you and you thank your mother, thank your parents, will get you to the part of this church and not part of a teens church somewhere. And I'm not discrediting teens church, but many teens church I've been to, the things they build in the life of these ones, I'm not saying all of them, but majority that I've, been, that I've, been, I've attended in my life growing up, right, did not prepare the young people for life. And so unfortunate. Praise God. So thank your parents for this. I think in 20, 30 years time, you guys are going to come back and want to give me, want to take me on a holiday, my wife and I on a holiday to probably Hawaii. Where would you like to go? Because you begin to see the impact of those things that we're teaching you because we are laying a foundation for you. The world is going to get more hostile in the sense that the enemy is going to use more people to, to propagate his lies, to spread his lies. As long as they have the money, the technology, the resources, many people who are unsaved will advance the lies of the kingdom of darkness. The world is going to get more hostile. The Bible says in the last days, there were perilous times. People will become lovers of, of themselves, lovers of sin, lovers of iniquity, and not lovers of God. So any child that can be prepared in this time, particularly in this time for the future, is going to stand and mark my words. Amen. Strongholds. So... That's the intro. Let's carry on today. So we've, we've established the fact that the enemy, most of the time, will try to fight, fight you outrightly in a battle, attacking your life. But what stra the strategy he has used over many years that has lasted and has done so well is building struggle into your mind, planting thoughts in your mind, using people to put thoughts and imaginations in your mind such that when you believe them, right, you begin to act it out and you begin to, you know, you begin to experience what God did not plan for you. I mean, negative things. Praise God. Let's carry on. All right. Since we started, we moved uh, Sunday service to 10 o'clock. I kind of struggled to know what time <laughs> I'm to finish. You know, usually, I'm usually walking towards um, 11, right? But now I'm like 10.53. Okay, but I'm, st I'm still adjusting. So today I want to look at how to pull down the stronghold. Let's turn, let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 to 5. Where we're going to be picking the weapons to fight with today. Keita, are you ready for this? I like this. You know, okay. Where we're going to be picking the, the fight from, I mean, the weapons, you know. Uh, let, me, let me show you the kind of weapons we're going to be using today. Are you guys ready? Right. So, come on, right. So, have you had, do you have your shield of faith? Come on. I mean, this is going to be nice. Um, you know, this is a kind of ancient way of fighting, right? And then we can still use it today. I know uh, you should be excited about this, right? So, we have your shield of faith. You have your breastplate of righteousness. You have your helmet to salvation. You have your sword. Come on. Ha. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, are you there? What? The sword one? Well, because you know, sorts is you know, sorts is too. They have the shoe. Oh, okay. 
Oh, my wife just told me that. I should have consulted that. <laughs> but it's because I'm going to be actually referencing to that, right? But, but I think uh, so they don't have so, but they have guns, right? They have uh, MI, is it M15 or something like that. Okay. All right. Let me not teach the lady kids how to uh, weapons, weapon system this morning. Amen. Let's do this. Right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. I'm going to read very quickly. For though we walk in the flesh, that is, though we live in this world, we do not walk according to the flesh. The spiritual battles we fight, they are not according to how, we do not fight with human strategies, right? We don't use human strength. We don't use, um, we don't use human senses, human governed approaches, practices to defend, to, to defend ourselves or to stand our ground against the enemy. Right. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Mighty in God. The Bible says that anger does not bring the kind of righteousness that God desires. In a sense, this is me paraphrasing that scripture. So sometimes when some people attack you, when some people come against you at work or they backbite or throw you under the bus, now, your default reaction or response might be to go to, to retaliate, to go throw them under the bus as well. That's an example of trying to fight with, can, with canal weapons because you want to get back at them. But when you try to throw people under the bus or revenge because they throw you under the bus, you are simply fighting with the devil's weapons. Right? So, sorry guys, I'm trying to process my thoughts here. So you're trying to fight with the devil's weapon so you are you, you are you are responding with the weapons of the enemy it came against you using people to throw you under the bus and you too want to throw people under the bus so that is fighting carnally because the guys who throw you under the bus in the workplace are actually not the guys you should be fighting they're not actually not the guys who are actually against you the enemy is the one behind you because he wants to steal your peace your joy he wants to destabilize you so, kids, bear this in mind, right? When people say nasty things about you in school, you don't go behind their backs and spill out nonsense about them. I, I was doing some meditation during the, during the week. I think I, 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 I finished a seven-hour audio book, and it really, really helped my mind, and, you know, really, really helped my mind. And one of the things that came to my mind as I was meditating is this. If you try to hurt people because they've hurt you, right, you are, you are the one, you're doing yourself a disservice. You are on the losing end. If you try to revenge because people hurt you, you're on the losing end. Right? Anything you do to people, right, you're doing it to yourself in a very much extent. Right? Anything you do to people, you do to yourself. If you attack people, angry at people, throw people under the bus, you're doing yourself harm. I think if every believer would understand that what you do to people, you, you, you do to yourself, I think we're going to have less friction and fight in the body of Christ. You don't harm anyone. You may harm them temporarily, but you do much harm to yourself when you do people evil. Right? When you allow envy, competition, comparison in your heart. Now, you may, be getting, you may get by with it in the sense that you you are able to acquire some things or block some people from becoming the best they could be or steal from people. But ultimately, you do yourself much harm. I think many believers need to be educated on the importance of your value system, integrity, living a life of sound character. Because 
in Christendom, to a very much extent, especially in this day and age, character is, has not been encouraged or valued or esteemed very high. Many people don't pay attention to their character, so many people misbehave. Friends, what will attract, the principal thing in your life that will attract people to Christ is the authenticity in your life, your sound character, not putting on a facade. Right? The realness, the genuineness in you is what will attract people to Christ. Modeling Christ, truth, truth, honesty, sincerity, openness, being trustworthy is what will attract people to Christ. So these are the things that we should value and esteem high as believers. Now, I should, I should say this to you. Some people, many Christians will take it for granted. Some will try to exploit you because you are open and transparent. So that bring, that's another conversation in the sense that you need to be educated and trained on how not to allow people to use you, take advantage of you, manipulate you because of you who you are. Most of the times, many Christians have, have lost, or have, have kind of come down in their level of character. They've uh, compromised, yes, but I'm trying to say uh, they, they've degraded themselves. They've gone, they've come down in their standard. They've come, I don't want to say come short. They've come down. They've lowered their standard. They lowered their standard, but say, for instance, they were seven-star character Christians, but many Christians have become two-star character Christians today because... Most of the people they are surrounded by, right, don't have good character. So they condescend to their level, wanting to respond or react the way those guys are. So what I'm trying to say to you is this. Don't, don't condescend to people's level. Don't lower your own standard. Don't compromise on your value system because the people around you are mostly unserious and irresponsible people. Remove yourself from those associations. Remove yourself from those... Uh, those congregations. Remove yourself from those associations. Remove yourself from those people. Don't lower your standard. Don't lose your sense of integrity and value. Tenny, can you hear that? Don't lower your standard. Don't lose your sense of integrity. Don't lose yourself all in the name of blending or trying to or justifying unseriousness. You guys have a, you guys can have a guess of what the word I'm, 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 I'm trying to use. But let me use it. Don't, don't justify stupidity because the majority of the people around you are stupid. Don't do that. You are unique. Now, you may not be in the, in the right company of people at the, at, at, at the moment, right? But if you hold on to your value system, to the godly system, God will bring your way in future people who will appreciate the value who you are. Some of us, where we are at the moment is a test. We're going through a test at the moment, but we should not compromise or fail that test. Amen. And I'm not, trying, I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not throwing stones at anyone. These are things I've had to caution myself about. At some point, I realized that, wait, when it comes to responding to people's messages and being on time, right, I was falling behind because the people I was dealing with were not time conscious, they were not serious people. Then one day I said to myself, Sunday, you are coming low in your standard and integrity. Now, this is not who you used to be. Now, those people you're rolling with, if they will not value time, if they will not keep to their words, that should not make you do the same, right? Stand your ground. Best case, leave those people. 
Be, you are better off being alone than to lose your values and your systems. To, than to lose your value system. Amen. So that may sound like we went off course. We didn't. It's a word for someone and God wants to bless someone there. I hope that blesses you. Amen. So let's carry on. So for the weapons of our warfare, verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down argument and every, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If you look at everything that surrounds strongholds, it's about thoughts, imaginations. You know, I, one of the definitions I found about Im, uh, imagination is, is the ability of the mind to be creative and resourceful. The ability of the mind to be creative and resourceful. See, when the Bible says casting down your imaginations, the Bible is telling us that the enemy is trying to hijack your mind to use your mind to create evil things. When young, when, you know, sometimes I look at some teenagers who do some very stupid things. You know, my wife you know, can be a witness to this. And I, I keep staring at them. I'm saying, I want to know the spirit that entered you. There must be a spirit that entered you to imagine and do such a stupid thing. But to a very much extent, is the enemy. The enemy inspires you. So why don't you do this dumb stuff? And if your mind is not fortified with the word of God, when the enemy inspires you with something dumb to do, you do it. So studying the word of God, surrounding ourselves with Christians, Removing ourselves from environments that want to corrupt us is for our own good. See, what you do with your life on a daily basis will determine how you stand when the enemy stands against you or when the enemy attacks you. So reading your Bible every day, you know, living a moral life, doing the right thing on a daily basis is not for anyone's good. It's for your own good. It's for our own good. A day will come when the enemy will attack you with, a, with an evil imagination. Your ability to stand against that imagination, to cast it down, will depend on what you've been doing with yourself for days before, prior. So if you're a person who likes to watch nude movies, X-rated movies, and all kind of stuff, the day the enemy attack you with, with, with the feelings and emotion or imagination of adultery, you will not be able to stand your ground because you've been feeding your mind and preparing yourself, preparing your heart to embrace and to act out what you've been feeding your mind on. Did I tell you earlier on that strong goals are the strategic operations of the enemy to prepare you for his own attack, to hold you back from experiencing God's best in your life? Did I, remind, did, I, did I tell you last week that strongholds are built one brick at a time? Praise God, I'm trying to look for the scripture. Strongholds are built one brick at a time. One thought at a time. All the same thoughts. If you, if you can see on my screen that the red bricks look alike. So is the same thought coming to your mind constantly, continuously. You are feeding it in movies. The people around you believe that. They believe that lie. They advocate that lie. They support that lie. You go to school, you find that lie. And one day you realize, how come have you become so like a demon or a household of demon, a fortress, a fortified place that you don't even want to hear anything that God says about that situation or you, you are negative, you have a negative reaction to, to God and his word. 
in that particular area of your life is one day at a time. The enemy does not mind to, to build the stronghold in your mind for over 30 years because he wants to ruin your destiny. Do you, do you, do you wonder why many some pastors today are found in some demonic I don't want because I might have younger kids in the church. There's some demonic things. You guys have seen some things that pastors do. Use the money, the, the, the funds from the church to do when they run away with their secretary or go do some stuff. Do you think those things started overnight? No. Some of these things have been built in the life of the pastor over the past 45 years. What you see is just manifestation. One of the reasons why I'm so privileged to be pastoring this church and this is one of the things that, you know, makes me so excited about this assignment that God has given to me because it's not just to bless you guys. The things that I teach, like I've said several times, are the things that have changed my life. My life has been transformed in the past three years from the things that I've teached, the message I have taught. There are things in my life I don't think I would ever have known if I was not pastoring this church and have to do some study, some praying, some meditation and thinking. There are things I would not have ever known if I was not pastor in this church. So if God gives you an assignment or God is calling you to take responsibility in your church or to support your pastor, it's not for his own good to a very much extent. It's for your own benefit. Amen. And if a person is not committed, someone like me, I've said it, I've made up my mind. If someone is not committed, they're unstable, I will not invest in them. I will love them, pray for them, invite them to meetings, but I will not invest in them because to invest in people is to put my own, is to give my life. And if a person is not ready and willing or serious, it's just a waste of time and resources. Praise God. So, we're still on strong, so strong imaginations, the ability of the mind to be creative and resourceful. So when the enemy hijacks your mind, such that when you think something, you are thinking evil. Man, you are in a place. You are up for, <laughs> uh, you are up for a treat of the enemy. Some young people, all they think every day of their life is evil. And you're wondering, why, why are they behaving such way? No, no, don't, don't, don't be surprised. Go watch what their parents allow them to feed their mind on or who their parents are. Amen. Amen. Who their parents are. I've made up my mind, if a parent is not responsible, I mean, these are for young people who are below the age of 20, if your parents are not responsible or will not model sound Christianity or sound character to them, I ain't taking up the kids. Because I refuse to pour water in basket, wasting my time and resources. I pour five hours investment into a child and the parent is manifesting demonic abilities and attitudes in their home. That is counterproductive. It's destroying the work of my hand. I don't think parents understand that, you know, you are the Jesus that your parents, that your children see at home. I'm not saying, this is not for us to be, to be perfect. It's not a call for us to be perfect. But it's a call for us to at least exalt and exalt in our home Jesus as our Lord. Demonstrate, and demonstrate Christian practice. And wherever we fall short, acknowledge it and let the kids know that, you know what, I fell short there. And that is also you preparing them to be able to do the same for their own kids. Amen. Praise God. Let's carry on. So imaginations. Uh, I'm going to move fast a little bit here. So, just to help us, based on the diagram I showed us about stronghold, so uh, you can define stronghold as, you know, a, a, place, a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. 
some stronghold like as you can see this one they actually built on a kind of an island surrounded by water so that the enemy will not easily access the building or the place where the people are kept so many of us will build a castle around a thought, a belief system. It's even become emotional, right? Even such that when someone kind of acts in a way that is similar to something that you don't want to see or hear, you react. <laughs> you react by default. So what I'm trying to say is this. So they've told you that men will cheat as a woman. Men will cheat, men will cheat. Then you go married. Then a woman come to your house or your husband met a lady from, a, from high school, right? And um, they exchange pleasantries and they, they, they're sharing memories of what happened back then in a very neutral and harmless way. Then your blood start boiling. Then your mind start running to 440 by, at 440 miles per hour. They said a man with it. Can you see how he's laughing at that lady? Can you see how he's smiling? When last did he smile at me like that? All manner of thoughts running through your mind. They were just exchange pleasantries. That's it. And after what they're gone. They're gone both ways. They, they'll be part ways. Amen. So, what am I trying to say there? The thoughts, the thoughts that has been reinforced and built in your mind will affect your behavior. They have, it affects the quality of life that you live. And it also protects, it shields you from receiving the truth. So if somebody walks up to you and says, you know what? No, this person, they're just friends. They're like, no, I don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. Did you see how he was laughing at the lady? You don't even want to hear the truth. Because you have built a fortress around that belief system that men will cheat. Friends, see, how you see people is the way you're going to treat them. How you see people will determine how you treat them. You know... <laughs> Sometimes people render lip service to the fact that they respect me, they do this, they do that. But I don't go by those lip service. What I go by is how they respond to when I give them a task. How they respond when I invite them to do something. How they, because like for instance, the conference we just had, you know, people, you know, people sound like, oh, they respect Pastor Tony, oh, Pastor Tony, blah, blah, blah. But people on the day of the conference were supposed to work with me on certain things Telling me on the morning of a conference that they will not be, they just realized something, something, you no, know, shows exactly where they put me. And that is after I checked on them. No, I, I believe more in that action than whatever lip service they render. And this cuts across other areas of my life. So I tend to define how people really see me by how they act, not by how, what they say. And I can tell you, I have never missed this 200% of the time. Amen. Some people, I don't really smile at them or, play or, play or have time to play with them, but I respect them. My heart is with them. If there's anything that needs to be done for them, I show up, I do it, I get it done. Because that's my character. So to think that you can think negative about people and act positive, or act positive towards them or hide it is to lie to yourself. Your actions speak louder than your, your words. We can see everything. Amen. So how you see people is the way you treat them. Amen. Praise God. And if you, if, you are, if you are treating people in a way that is different from how you see them, you need to start checking yourself. 
Praise God. You guys know that TTC is a place where I raise people to be sound believers, sound Christians, not fake Christians. Amen. So I'll give you solid truth that will help you reset your brain and your mind so that you represent Jesus well. Praise God. So going down to demolishing strongholds, right? Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, 10. Sorry? You pray for me. Well, I can see that I have a lot to cover, but I have less time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut this out down today because I, I, there's some things I feel God wants me to talk about from next week. All right, let's do this. You got 16 minutes. Let's do this. Are you ready? Amen. Holy Spirit, keep bringing those truths. Keep bringing them. Amen. I'm not saying you should stop, but keep bringing them. <laughs> We've got 16 minutes to do this. Amen. Verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Friends, I may need to teach this for four weeks. But I'm going to pick some things out as to how to demolish strongholds. Praise God. Right, let me try to get you guys something to watch. Uh, pray with me, pray for me that I get this video, guys. Oh, uh, Demolishing a Castle, fantastic. Guys, you know, because we, we, we were, you know, you know what happened, you know, because today we're, <laughs> I'm showing you stuff. So you guys should be able to spare five minutes, you know what I'm talking about. All right, let's do this. So I'm going to play a video shortly and um, to show us something about. One second, so uh, demolishing the castle, right? So, can you guys see my screen? Right, so let's look at this. So, I want to show you how to pull down strongholds. So, let's do this. For the not so rich, in other words, an apartment block. So, they decide to knock it down. I seem to have heard that across the Atlantic, bumping off isn't so new. A quarter of a ton slung against anybody's home would make a big impression. And this is no exception. Demolition goes on for days. Watched, I suppose, by quite a few neighbours with evil designs upon a battlement or two to build a rock garden or two, or maybe even three. So it's old stone going cheap. Amen. Now, you may say that in today's world, that there are... One second, guys. You may say that in today's world, there are better ways to demolish strongholds, right? So, because I've seen... Recently, there was a building that was um, at the risk of collapse. So, I think they wired the building. They, they, they uh, put explosives at the foundation of the building, and the building went flat, just like that. But that's not how it works in the mind of human beings. So that's why I showed you that picture. He said the way it works in that pic in that video is the way demolition strongholds work in the mind of human beings. One bang at a time. One bang at a time. If you think you can apply explosives to your mind and blast in one, de one deliverance service and blast the stronghold of the enemy that he has built in your mind for 17 years, you'll be surprised that every Sunday you will need deliverance. So, the actual picture of 
building of demolishing strongholds, how it really works is what you saw in that video. One bang at a time. And you better bang every day. And how do you bang? Don't forget, because of our time, I need to speed up a little bit. How do you bang? You bang by speaking the truth all the time. Now, pin, get this picture. Let's look at this. Now, um, let's go back to that castle. Now, look at this castle. So this castle, right, is keeping the word of God out of your mind. So in that castle, you have a belief system. Men will cheat. You are not good enough. You are, you, you are worthless. You, because you're not as brilliant as your brother in intellect, in, in, in in academics, you think you are worthless. Whatever negative thoughts in that place and whatever strongholds, belief system that God has shown you on the course of this teaching and this, this series. Now, in whatever you hold in that place that has become your comfort zone, <laughs> your, your dinner place, your place of solace, whatever it is. Now, this castle is keeping God's word out. It, this castle does not want you to believe the word of God. So how do you deal with it? You hit it with the word of God. Amen. So it tells you you are, you are good for nothing. There's nothing good that can come out of you. You say, no, I am God's creation. The creative ability of God is in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And you respond, you act accordingly. Amen. Praise God. And you don't bring into your life builders who will help you to patch that stronghold. So let me, tell you, let me say something to you. So to protect this castle, right, there are some workmen and workwomen, when they see any dent or when they see cracks, they come in and patch it and fix it to keep it standing. So there are some relationships in your life that if you don't get rid of them, they will keep patching that stronghold. And you wonder why for five years, 10 years, you've been praying, you've been confessing, nothing is changing. It's because you have workmen in your life who are reinforcing and ensuring these strongholds stand. Don't forget that those strongholds came first of all as thoughts or through people who, uh, who, who, through people who gave you instructional advice about something. We all today are product of the thoughts that has gone into our minds, the inspiration that people have given to us. Praise God. So one day at a time, keep smashing it. Keep speaking the word of God and the strongholds will be breaking. In the video I showed you guys, as that um, item, that, that brick, that block was used to smash the beauty, you can see that if you keep smashing it, it will break. So don't be overwhelmed by, with a sense of, uh, or by a sense of where am I going to start from? I've believed this all my life. You know, just keep smashing it. Keep smashing it. As you smash, the building will weaken and it will come down. Praise God. Right, so let's quickly look at a few weapons in, um, in Ephesians chapter 6. Praise God. So it says here, verse 10, uh, verse 12. We say, yeah, we, we should, that's it. Now let's go to verse 13. Ephesians 6, 13. Bible again, okay. Ephesians 6, 13. So therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Hello, can you remember what I said earlier on? When? It's not if. The enemy will show up one day to tempt you or to attack your home, to attack your life, to attack your health. One day the enemy will show up. It's only a matter of time. 
The Bible says the devil is an adversary that goes around, you know, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's always going around looking for opportunities in your life. And even when he doesn't find an opportunity, he will test you with something. The Bible calls him the tempter. He will tempt you with something. Right? So, if you want to be able to stand, bring down the strongholds and stand against the enemy when he comes against you with deceits, deceptive fantasies, you know, evil imaginations, you got to put on the full armor of God. Right. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Now, pay attention to this carefully. Verse 13 says, the later end, the later part of it, after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Did you notice that the Bible did not say that you should get, you should pray to God to stand for you? No. So how not to fight, take note of this, how not to fight against the devil is by not pleading with God. I'll rephrase that. How not to fight? Don't plead with God. Don't say, God, have mercy on me. Help me calm down this imagination, these thoughts, these emotions. They are too much for me. Help me, Lord. As many who have been praying, saying those prayers, how many things have changed? We're talking about the way you think. You're saying the way you change how you think is by changing, replacing your thoughts. Amen. Another way you should not think of fighting is by um, doing penance. And this is when you kind of infli inflict some pain on yourself as a way to punish yourself for doing something wrong. So many believers today, because of a stronghold in their mind, sometimes in the area of an addiction, right? Every Sunday or from time to time, they go do some, they go do penance. They would, some people will go on, they will crawl on. The, I think an example I have in mind is when people crawl on rocks in a way to inflict pain on themselves as a way of punishing themselves for their wrongs. It doesn't change anything. So don't do penance. Don't beg God. The Bible says, you stand. Say stand. You stand. He said, haven't done everything to stand. Stand firm. Right. And then um, 14 says, stand firm then with the belt of truth. So I'm going to put up uh, something on the screen for you guys. And then we will wrap up with this. Fantastic. Okay. Did I do what? What have I done? Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, guys, I think I just did some stuff. Bear with me. Let me bring this up. Uh, downloads. Fantastic. We got it. So now uh, you read your Bible and if you, you, you can switch between my screen and so yeah switch between your bible and the screen if you are watching right so what verse am i on now verse 14 it says stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist so can you see the guy on the screen that has he does a belt around his waist yeah with the breastplate of righteousness in place right he's got something on his chest with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. So let's look at that shield of faith and um, the sword of the Spirit. So look at this guy. This guy has... This guy has him. The shield there is the, is the red thing this guy is holding, right? And this is to protect his body. So when the Bible says the, 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 the arrows of the enemy, I'm trying to use um, our present day um, term. So, because not many, not many of you guys watch movies from the ancient of days, from ancient movies, right? But back in the day, you know, they did not have guns. Right, like we have guns and bullets now. So what people, you know, fire back then are like kind of javelins, uh, spears, uh, arrows. So from afar, people will put will attach a kind of um, an explosive to an arrow, and then they they fire it. And if it could you now, if those arrows could get locked in the shield, in the shield, if you can see, my, I don't know if you can see my my mouse here. Yeah? If those arrows, if those um, flaming arrows could get locked in the body armor of the soldier is gonna burn to death. And there's no water around when it comes to, uh, when, when they go on, on the battleground back in the day, there's no water around for them to douse the fire. So the enemy, most of, most of the time, they will fire flaming arrows. So the shield, that big thing you're looking at on the left hand side, on left, left, left hand of the guy, is what he used to protect himself from, from, protect himself from a flaming arrow to lock in his, in his armor, in his breastplate, so to say. Right. So the Bible is saying to us here that the enemy from time to time will, will throw imaginations. We throw thought at you, right? And show you have the shield of faith. What do we mean by shield of faith? Confidence and trust in the word of God, that the word of God is true, that who God says you are is true, that what God says about you is true. You must have that confident trust in God. You must hold on to it because, friends, that is your hope when the enemy comes against you. Right? So the Bible says, above all, have the shield of faith. Shield of faith. Read the word. Spend time in the word of God. Believe the word of God. Hold on. Praise God. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. If you don't know what God says about you, if you don't know who God says you are, you, can't, you have no defense mechanism. You have nothing to, to protect yourself against the lies and the deception of the enemy. Amen. So bear that in mind. Uh, so shield of faith, uh, let me pick up a few other ones. You know, if we go through, the, as we go through those verses, it talks about the belt of truth, right? First one, verse 14. Now, this guy has a belt around his waist. There are many, there are different, you know, theologies about, you know, the belt of truth. One, you know, they say, you know, as you can see there, the belt, the belt is what he used to hold a sword. So the sword in his sheet is stuck in the, in, in, in the, in the belt. And it says the belt of truth. Truth about what? Truth of God's word. Jesus said, if you continue my word, then you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hold on to truth. Don't believe lies. Just hold on to God's truth. Amen. This is just high level summary of this. Right. I mean, and this is relating to 
the spiritual warfare that we're talking about, right? And don't forget, the Bible says that you should fight, you know, the, the, the title of this series is Fight for Your Life. And I'm showing you from scriptures, the Bible says you are the one who is to stand and who is to fight. Don't pray to God to help you to, to come and do something about it. You are to fight for your life. And the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. Take, stand. Recognize the enemy wants to take you out. Stand. And the amazing thing is that you don't need to be trained in, 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 in military, in army to stand. It's just the word of God because the battle we're fighting is not physical. It's spiritual. Amen. So, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness on your chest. This guy's wearing something on his chest. Breastplate of righteousness, two sides to it. First of all, that you have, you are the righteousness of God. See, if you are walking in condemnation and you feel you are not good enough, if you are living in condemnation and you feel you are unworthy of God, you cannot, you cannot live a victorious life as a Christian. The enemy will always bring inspiration and thoughts to you that you are not good enough. So if you are not secure that your righteousness is not by works, but by the works of Jesus Christ, what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, if your righteousness is not secured in what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, the enemy will always beat you down. Breastplate of righteousness. Have it secured in your heart that nothing of your own efforts will ever make you righteous. But what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, I, I can scream this till Christ comes. Have it established in your heart that you did not earn your salvation. It was credited to you. It was a gift to you by faith. One of the reasons why we have so much problems, death, manipulation in, among Christians or in a Christendom is because many people are still trying to earn their righteousness. And you can never do enough to end the righteousness of God. The Bible says the righteousness human beings claim, they're like few the rights before God. And the Bible says that it is God who makes us righteous. So if God is the only one who can make you righteous, no human being or works can make you righteous. And as simple or harmless or trivial, this, this, this matter may be is huge. Some people are still praying and hoping they will make it to heaven. What a miserable life. The believer is not called to hope it will make heaven. The believer is called to receive life, to receive the gift of eternal life and start a relationship with the Father here, manifesting the power and the love of Jesus on earth. If Jesus lives in you as a believer, so what heaven are you trying to go to? It makes no sense. It's not correct. So you wonder in those churches why they are angry, they are bitter, there's fear in their life, there's, there's manipulation, they are living from problem to problem, they are not enjoying their Christian faith because they are trying to hand their righteousness. The Bible says here, verse 15, the feet shut with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You must always be ready to declare that you are who God says you are. So I've talked about the belt of truth, truth, breastplate of righteousness, you know, understanding and holding on to the fact that you are, you know, your righteousness is not of works. And I think I want to really have to die as well. Also living a righteous life, living a life of holiness. You can't claim that you are righteous by faith or you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and live your life like the devil. It's going to accommodate you and walk through you and live in you and dwell with you. So two sides to that righteousness, um, breastplate of righteousness, righteousness, by faith in Christ Jesus and 
living a righteous life, living in holiness. Praise God. Feed short with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Readiness to declare that you have peace with God. See, you must always be ready to speak. Always be ready to speak. And you can see that the we this weapon of warfare, you know, it's they're interconnected. Amen. Praise God. I want to stop there. So, guys, three things I've given you a belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, feed short with the preparation of the gospel of, of peace. And also to add to that, I think the two, the first two that I talked about, uh, faith, the shield of faith. Finally, the word of God. The word of God. The word of God. Speak the word of God. If Jesus, if Jesus would not, if Jesus spoke back at the enemy, I'm trying to calm down because of our time is far spent. If how Jesus, you know, Deal with the enemy is by speaking the word of God. You and I don't have a chance if we don't speak the word of God. Go and read the book of Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4. If how Jesus defeated the enemy when he was tempted was by speaking the word. To think you will make it. Not speaking the word is to deceive and fool yourself. The word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God, no word of death. Don't say you are a Christian and you, 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 you speak nonsense. You are not good enough. So anything that is contrary to what the word of God says is, is the word of death, the word of the devil. Praise God. And this brings me to the end of our series. Fight for your life. Play the three messages again. Meditate on it. It will help you. There are other meetings and things that we're going to do that to help us reinforce this. This is a journey. This point is point of education. We're going on as a church family, myself as a pastor, doing everything possible to help you guys to experience this, to walk in the reality of your Christian faith, the truth of the gospel, overcoming the, the power of darkness, Amen. And bringing down the strongholds in your life. It's my role as a pastor to support you on that journey of demolishing strongholds in your life that, that someone some that you don't even recognize, you don't even know about, so that you can begin to experience the, the peace and God's best in every area of your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus for this morning. We thank you for your word that's come to us. And Lord, uh, we pray that you open our eyes in the name of the Lord Jesus to, to see how to bring down the strongholds in our lives. Uh, you open our eyes to see in your world the weapons that you have given to us to destroy these strongholds. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God.